Hey, and welcome to Getting Down with the Pickleball with your host, Dr. Don, the killer pickler and sex therapist, and me, Tony, the sidekick who asks the questions, gets the news and all the updates, and all the pickleball annex you can handle. And now, it's Dr. Don. Hi, y'all. This is Dr. Don getting down with the pickleball. And today we are going to have a super fun show with some antics, some stories, some uh, some interesting stuff in the news, along with my co-host, Tony. And uh, today we're going to start with my first volley. Volley. And that is a pickleholic. Now, I have talked about pickleholicism on other shows, but today I'm going to get a little more into it and how I would qualify myself as a pickleholic. So um, a true pickleholic doesn't even notice how sore they are when they're playing on the court. And that's because, you know, the adrenaline's rushing and you're just having a good time and you're out there and you don't really notice that something might be hurting. But obviously when you stop, or you try to go to sleep at night, then you notice that you're really sore and you probably shouldn't have played that day. Wow. Well, I qualify as that person. And the other day I go out on the court and my shoulder was already hurting. And I had taken a day off, but I thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna get back out on there. I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play with my friends and have a great time. And I'm out there and and I'm doing a pretty good job at first. And then probably halfway into it, about a half hour in, I really start sucking. Sucking. Like I am not playing well at all. I'm starting to feel a little bit of the pain. And that's when I realized that, of course, I pushed it again. But it's not just me who's a pickleholic out there. I see so many people that have, you know, like uh, bandages on their arms and their knees. And now some of them probably had injuries beforehand. And a few of them are tennis players and come over to the pickleball world because tennis is a little more hard on your joints and your uh, rotator cuff, but still you can sustain injuries with pickleball too. Ouch! It just depends, you know, how much you stretch and stretching is really recommended. I don't do it all the time. I try to stretch before and after, but that certainly does help the true pickleholics so that they can get out on the court almost every day and continue playing. But as I said, it's, it is a sport where you do have people show up with injuries and they continue to play. Some play through it, some don't. But I noticed with myself that I really have to stop pushing it because what's going to happen with me is I'm going to end up not being able to play for a while if I don't step back. And I'm sure many of you out there who play pickleball or any sport that you feel like you're addicted to, you can sustain injuries. And uh, a piece of advice is back off a little bit and take care of yourself. In fact, Tony has said this to me many times. He's like, um, looks like you're pushing yourself too hard again. And I'm like, nah, I'm fine. I'm good. And then the next Next day, when I don't sleep at night and I'm kind of grumpy and miserable to work with, I'm like, oh, you're right. Didn't sleep because um, my shoulder's hurting again. And for my second volley, current events and hot topics of the day. Speaking about aholics, like pickleaholics, let's talk about maskaholics. Yes, those people that you still see walking around with masks on. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I have seen them in cars, 
jogging by themselves, riding a bicycle. And the latest one, because I'm near water, I saw someone in a little canoe on the channel in Channel Islands with a mask on by themselves, just rowing away, getting all that great exercise. But um, I'm thinking that there is a bit of a disorder here. I understand that this was brought on by the media just pushing fear, fear, fear out there and and people were watching the television without actually doing research. But if we went back in history just a little bit, we can see that masks were used with the Spanish flu when that broke out in 1918 and how that actually created more problems for people that were wearing it. People were dying of lung infections due to the mask. So if we just were to go back a little bit in history, or they even taught that in school anymore, I think most people would probably not have been wearing a mask or at least stood up and said, hey, we've already been through this. It's, it's not working. And one of the uh, problems that's now happening, and a couple of articles just came out on this, is that people are going to the dentist's office. And they're finding that they're having more gum disease, they're having root canals, they're having cavities. And this is all due to what's gone on in the mouth. It's like um, unhealthy germs that and bacteria that can't get out when you're wearing a mask. It just sits in there and stays in there and brews in there. So lots of people are really having quite a bit of dental problems. In fact, I know a couple people who for their jobs had to or mandated to wear these masks and they ended up having a couple of root canals. I think it's just awful that this mandate was put in place. I mean, how crazy is that? We're mandated to put something over our nose and our mouth, and we can't breathe fresh air, and we have to walk around like that. But again, to think that people are still out there wearing a mask when the intention of the mask in the first place, well, although it didn't work because the the actual virus particles are smaller than the fibers in the mask. But the idea was that you were supposed to wear that so that you weren't, you know, spitting up or coughing when you were actively sick on another person. So the idea that you still see people who are solo walking around with a mask on, it's like, what are you thinking? I mean, you're obviously not thinking. And I guess the point is they're getting a lack of oxygen to the brain. The longer they put that mask on or the more they keep that mask on, I think that they're going to lose a lot more brain cells and common sense. Now I'm going to wrap it up with a little tidbit from the pickleball world for our pickleholic. It's time for Pickleball News. So uh, in Colorado, there are many pickleholics out there who really are into the sport. And they are going to open up their second pickleball playground. It's a building. It's a 70,000 square foot area with about 15 pickleball courts, as well as food and beverages. And I'm going to read you an article here that I found. In Denver, because there are so many pickleholics, they will soon have a new place to play. Punch Bowl social founder Robert Thompson plans to open his latest venture, Camp Pickleball in Globersville Fox Park development in 225. Camp Pickle will include as many as 15 pickleball courts for fans of the sports to play on, as well as food, beverages, and other entertainment options for guests. I know I will be out there. I cannot wait to go. It'll it'll really be fun. And I might even uh, try to get Tony to join me. We'll see. And that was my big pickle of the day. Big Pickle of the Day. 
We'll be back in a moment with more fun stories, antics, and my co-host, Tony, right after this. Hey, and welcome back to Getting Down with the Pickleball. Dr. Don, I'm Tony. And Dr. Hmm, Aholics, a pickaholic, crazy, I guess, thing to be, but... I would say, all right, I'll buy it. It's a, it's a sport. I don't know footballaholics or basketballaholics or I've never come across any of those, but I'm sure they're, I would just call them, you know, gamblers, betting <laughs> addiction people. However, pickaholics, and you believe you to be one, correct? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get over my pickleholism. Pickleholism. There we go. <laughs> I don't uh, even know if that's a word, but it doesn't it have is. to be. In, in this crazy pickleball world, the terms and the stuff, nothing matters. It's all a free form. You know, I've seen you where you you complain about your, when you changed your grip is when I noticed that's when you got the pain. That's when you started to be super sore only in the one area, you know, and it, I think it started at your wrist and elbow and arm, went up to maybe your neck area and back behind your shoulder blade. And then I did tell you, I said, you know, I, I've done injury. It takes forever to heal. And if you keep going, it'll never have a chance to heal. You'll just keep injuring it. You thought you were letting up. And has it turned out to be true? Yep. Oh, fantastic banter. Yep. But Kate, uh uh-huh. Why why do I ask these things and get all excited about your pickaholicanism? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the rainiest days. And I don't know if you live in California or not, but we're having bizarre weather. We've just been rained out so much that I'm thinking her injury's got to be healing, not because of her, <laughs> because there's no opportunity to go play, which is a blessing in disguise. Yes, I'm forced to not play. It's terrible. I'm pacing the halls. I'm doing, you know, all kinds of uh, yoga stuff in my room, just trying to get myself energized or not to go crazy because I'm not working out and not having that adrenaline rush and that fun of the pickleball. Well, I think it, that's where it really is. It's the fun of it. It's the social side. It, yeah, I, I get the exercise about But again, playing, and I've played people, I'm telling you, moving three, four inches each side, not a lot of effort there. So, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't see you running down a lot of, you know, uh, 40 feet you know, lobs or you're not playing all the way in the back of the line. The pickaholic to me is, I thought, it's a lifestyle. It is now, it's all about that, which I kind of see in you. So is that more of a better definition? Yeah, probably because I'll forego doing other things if I can go and play pickleball. And not to say that I'm that bad of a pickleholic. I mean, obviously, if my kids want to do something, I'll suggest, hey, why don't we do pickleball? Play pickleball. (laughs) Right. So not a pickleholic, a pickleballaholic with with anyone who will pickleball with you at any time. Oh, come on, man. You know, it's cold, it's raining. She did. She took me out to a court one day, cold, raining, far, far away from where she lives. And wow. Yeah, I finally got you on the court. It was yeah, great. Yeah, but that point was, you'll do it even then. Yes. Even in the worst way. We, the court was wet. There was puddles everywhere. But we got through it. It was fun. I do have to say something and retract on something about like this sport being really 
it has nothing to do with the gender or kind of the size of the person. Okay, I'm wrong. I mean, playing pickleball or at least practicing pickleball with Tony, who happens to be six foot four and his wingspan is like triple the size of me. We were just playing him and I, and I was running all over the court. And I'm the one who knows how to play pickleball. So um, I just wanted to say that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was playing more of my old tennis style, hit them where they aim, move them around the court, make sure they can't return it and get it to a spot. Um, sometimes, though, she would whip it at me, right right at me. It was fun. Um, the closer it seemed we got to the net, the better you played. When you were deeper, you know, it was like, it was hard for you to get to a, a spot. And then to come up and run, right? You know, yeah. Cause, oh, because I would dink one over the, because I see you playing the baseline. I'm just going to try to get it over the net. No, more like over court. my head. Oh. Yeah. Well, that uh-huh. was because I was asked her straight up, is it okay if we, uh, I mean, I can do a regular serve overhand. I don't have to do these underhand or bounce it and hit. She's like, no, you can serve it any way you want. And so that's when I was whipping it and throwing a lot of spin on it, doing stuff that you would see a tennis player doing because that's kind of what I was basing it on. But we did have a good time. But back to where I was, because it was raining, because it's been terrible weather, you haven't been able to get out. A lot of people haven't. And your healing, which I think you'll see that your arm or your wrist you know, and your shoulder, it won't hurt as much, but it won't be where it is today, you know, like the pain. Because when you complain, when you wake up in the morning, say when you get going, you couldn't sleep all night because of the pain. Right. Yeah. And you can't lay on it that way. You can't, you, you try to avoid that. So that becomes terrible sleep, interrupted sleep, probably at our age anyway. We don't get great sleep. So compound that with what you're doing and it sucks, people. <laughs> yeah, it sucks being around me because I'm grumpy. <laughs> well, it's not that. It I'm does. not actually that grumpy. I'm more ditzy. I don't know. When I don't get sleep, I- Oh, you, I like your Dawnisms. <laughs> I like those things. Oh, yeah. So, you say they're cute, but I yeah. wonder if you really mean it. <laughs> kind of like, you know, when someone says something and it means something else, but they continue to say it. Mm-hmm. Like there was a show where somebody said something about, oh, I don't know, from Georgia, like, oh, I like that, which meant like F you or in some terms. So I always wonder if there's a double meaning behind it. Hmm, Tony, is there? I don't know. <laughs> 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 You're like, no, no, no. The, and that um, physician on the court. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, the way I set up, the way that I'm all positioned on the court. I'm like, physician on the court? What's I didn't a physician? say that. You did. You just don't hear you saying what you think you say. It's like <laughs> a lot of physician. women have that problem. It's like everything in their head has to come out. And sometimes mouth is not caught up to actual word and brain. And it just kind of slips. Oh, women? Really? Is this becoming a sexist thing here? No sexist at all. Mm, Sexism? I think we've all realized uh, as as many years as we've lived on the planet, women love to yap. Women speak a lot. They have a lot on their mind. So everything in their brain needs to be emptied out in all type of conversation. You know, you'll you'll start talking about pick a ball and then it snowballs into somehow – these great purses on sale, and I only can get the Gucci and the certain in the form in Vegas. I'm like, I'm like, wow, pickaholic to those type of things. So, you know, the, you guys always run the gamut. Guys are pretty straightforward. Like, beer, yeah, beer. No, 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 some more beer or football. Football, beer. yeah, cool. Football and beer. More. Women, beer, football, oh, chicks. <laughs> Thank you. 
So being a pickaholic that you think you might be, are you like more attracted to or more friendly with or more engaged or or in a clique with other pickaholics at your place? Uh, yeah, because um, as pickaholics go, we seem to see each other quite a bit. So we become friends with those that we play pickleball with a lot. And then we do other things. And when we go out, we continue to talk about pickleball, although we add in other subjects. You know, the game comes about or stuff on the court. Uh, it's fun. It's it's really a lot of fun to share that sport in common with other people. You know, a funny time is, uh, I think I went to a bar one time. And I don't even know how I got started, but we started talking about pickleball. And then the person next to me is like, oh yeah, I play pickleball. And then there were other people there that played pickleball. I was like, okay, this sport really is taking off all over the place. And one last thing, um, with all this rain and everything in California, getting back to how they're building this amazing pickleball camp in Colorado, we don't have a lot of indoor courts in California. Whereas in other states where it rains quite a bit, they have the pickleball, uh, indoor pickleball court. So, oh, it's something I would love right now to have an indoor pickleball court. Yeah, that would have been like a million dollar idea. I mean, like we would have a million dollars in our buck. Yeah, let's idea. do it. Come yeah. on, let's do it, Tony. Sure. sure. <laughs> we'll go get Jamie Foxx's money and say, you know the idea you had? <laughs> eh, you're out. <laughs> We're going to take it over. <laughs> so. Okay, well, we're going to have to take a little short break here, but I wanted to uh, get back into some of the things that uh, Dr. Donner brought up earlier in the monologue. Um, of course, we have terms. Again, my favorite part of the show. You can't get, make this stuff up. It's too true. So give us about 30 seconds. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. And we're back here with getting down with the pickleball and Dr. Don Michael, I'm Tony, and we've been uh, kind of going through a few little fun things in between spots here. I'm kind of freaked on the, the maskaholic. I'm like you. This is like three years later, especially in California. It's like people outside, all alone, walking nowhere. No one else is around them with a mask on. So I've been doing the whole backwards thing. Like I'm in a bar restaurant or someone, and someone walks in with a mask. I'm like, oh, thank you, because you must have it, because- you don't want to give it to us now because you're you're the e- evil one somehow. But it does, none of this is registering anymore. Not anyway a lot out here, but it still happens. Why do you think that? I think that people got seriously brainwashed by the mainstream media and fear, fear, fear. And it's really sad, but I think there's still some people living in fear and somehow this mask has become their safe space, so to speak, on their face or their safety blanket because it doesn't make any sense. There's no sense to it all. You're putting something on your face so that what? So that you don't get sick from other well, people. Okay, no, I see that a lot. Let's say before uh, you know COVID hit, and you'd see a uh, you know pretty not in good shape cancer patient, guy, you know, or woman, and like a lo- women sometimes they would you know they always put that little bonnet on or or a bandana because they had lost their hair from the chemo and they'd have a mask on because of the fear of their immune system so damaged and so down that. That was kind of the the thought was, you know, it wasn't uncommon to put that mask on. It wasn't uncommon for us to see somebody like that. But we knew mainly it was something of that nature. Now it's like 
are they even thinking COVID anymore? What are they thinking? It could be flu. It could be anything. Is there another new thing happening in the world that we don't know? And that's why they're wearing a mask? I don't know. Maybe some of it's virtue signaling. But I think at this point, when someone's in their car by themselves or or literally, like I said, uh, canoeing in the ocean by themselves with a mask class. on. I, I'm class. sorry. I think there's just something wrong there. Well, like I, a disorder. Do you remember, like, and it still happens, but do you remember way before any of this happened, you would see, and I'm not saying anything against anybody, people, but you'd see people with gloves on and a mask in their own car with the windows up you, for years, right? Especially in LA, it's like you see too many weird things driving. And we all have our, you know, stereotypical, oh, you know, they don't get near the Asians, they can't drive, we're clean. Mexican guys, they, everyone has a, a thing, or women, or, or young kids. You know, or, that's all politically incorrect for you to say right now. Yes, I know. And that's okay. why we're on the show. Yes, okay. But that time, in that front, no one gave a hoot. It was just kind of accepted normal. Now everyone has an attitude about it. They see stuff happening in the sky, people that never thought about that, and they see a terrible weather going on. They're like, well, like we mentioned earlier, being in California, we haven't seen rain like this in eons. Maybe never. 40, 50 years, right? Yeah. I've lived here my whole entire life, and I've never seen it rain like this in March. Yeah. And, and continuously. Continuous. I mean, when it rains in California, it does pour. Like, right. they've written songs about that. But this continual rain like this, especially after you see, like, all of the this striping in the sky going on. They might call it right, seeding that's what I was gonna or say. chemtrails. Right, and whatever. The, my buddies that are like, ah, you, you conspiracy guy, I'm like, no, I'm not thinking anything. I'm looking up in the sky. Why don't we both look up and say, why are all these planes just dropping stuff right into the little fun of the love clouds, and then the next couple of days it's this, and it doesn't stop? And for the first time, because you know how people around here— Especially in California, a lot of them are like, oh, I love the rain. We don't get enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. it's great when it does. Oh, it makes it so cozy or it's different and we need it and it washes things away. All those people are now saying, okay, enough's enough. Yeah, I might have said I liked it, but I only liked it in the portion that we used to get it. Well, that's because all the taxes that we pay, you know, for the gas prices are supposed to prepare our roads, which have the most potholes in any state. We do have the worst And roads. now that we are having this flooding and downpouring, of course, California is not prepared for this whatsoever. Our, our streets and our highways are, they're not prepared for right. rain so like I think this. it's all connected. I think it's all connected with how the people think the mass thing is still that. People think a lot of stuff up in the air, creating or manipulating weather is still there. Things that are just continuous, but no one's really putting stock into it, or the people that never did, are finally going, oh. Yeah, like, what's hmm. going on? Yeah. They're, and Start people to that, question things, maybe. Yeah, and, and people that had questioned it before who were like the outcasts or the conspiracy people we mentioned. Conspiracy theorists, yes. Right, are now like, oh, you were just regular Johnny saying something. Right. Like, like I would say now. Right. So you caught up. So I lapped you five times. You caught up. Thank you very much. Now we're on a, on a good, you know. Playing field. Back right, to the right. pickleball just, playing just, field. But <laughs> common sense. It's just common sense, people. Sorry we went off in three different directions, but it all came back to kind of the same thing. So we're going to be right back here with uh, Dr. Don. I, You know, you haven't gotten to a lot of the sex therapy, but, you know, coming up with the terms... I'm going to throw a little curveball here and there, maybe one knuckle. In the meantime, one loose knuckle ball there. Anyway, just stay tuned. We're going to be back shortly. Um, Yeah, that's what we're going to do.
And back we are with Dr. Don and getting down with the pickleball. Again, I'm Tony. Thanks for uh, tuning in, staying with us on this. Uh, It's gotten a little more heavier than maybe some previous episodes, but I guess that kind of goes with the... uh, the territory you start a show it you know starts developing its own self and the comfortableness and the easiness of it starts to come out a little more um hope you're enjoying but I, i'm digging this little thing back to the pickleball world well you're, you're telling me and I'm, I'm not sure the guy's name but in colorado they're going to actually start building more venues and i'm assuming it's indoor outdoor yes I, I, it looks like it is, but but check this out. This is so cool. I, I'm serious about going. I'm going to drag you with me, Tony. Ow. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. So it's, it's called Camp Pickle. Indoor-outdoor facilities are based on the concept of a 1940s-era national park camping facilities and will feature fire pits, picnic areas, tent cabanas, along with 10 to 14 pickleball courts, and they're planning on opening about 10 of these by... 226, and uh, two of the spots mentioned are Colorado and Alabama. Right. So I got the guy's premise. Was he in the entertainment industry? He, he has it, it some says bang a founder, a punch bowl social founder. So okay, so there's some resource behind him, and he mm-hmm. probably has others. And he's probably a pickleball guy, right? Or he probably has played, or he's a pickaholic. Or so, he could just be a really smart investor. <laughs> right. And he's going to try to make these like the old time when you would cruise through America. And you could pull over in the little camping spots. And they'd have a lot of this, like they would in the Catskills, you know, in, in upper New York. And they would give you uh, opportunities for entertainment, uh, the, the better food, uh, interaction, a lot of community. Things that were that have been bygone. This would be great for families. Years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's fantastic. what they used to do. They would take their families for two mm-hmm. weeks. And I remember family members, they'd be gone for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month, and they were telling, they come back, oh, we were at such and such and up in the Dells in Wisconsin, and, you know, we, we stayed in this great cabin, and we love That's what he kind of sounds the premise. Well, I, I really think it's it's great, and I love bringing back the family aspect to this, because when it was the holiday time, a lot of people were bringing their kids to the pickleball a club to play and and these uh, younger generations really into it. So think about, you know, getting a camper. And I used to do that when I was a kid. My dad had a huge Winnebago and <laughs> we would go traveling around the United States. But to have these uh, campgrounds set up throughout where you could bring your family and all of you could play together, I, I love that idea. I love Winnebangers. Oh my God. Bangos. I'm Winnebagos. <laughs> No, that's what, when, when we toured in a band, we had a Winnebago. You know, you call it a Winnebanger. Um, no, you did. Because well, yeah, God knows what you were banging right, in your Winnebanger. There's, right. There's four or five guys <laughs> on the road in your yeah. 20s. Well, leave it up to guys to put their thingy wherever. What? In- put their pickleball somewhere? Yeah. Put mm-hmm. the- Especially, you know, guys in bands, musicians. Yeah, yeah. That was... God that was knows always fun. the people that, you know, I counseled. I mean, I I can't even tell you how many different places they put their winky. I don't think anything about <laughs> Well, maybe you were, you were in we a Christian kept, rock band. Yeah, maybe you well, just, you know, true. kept it in your pants, right? We did. We were, you know, accountable to each other and stuff. But, you know, then there's times after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know if I need to drive to Colorado to check one of these out. Can't we just see if they build one close around here or in the L.A., California area that we could uh, go see? 
I think it's fun to go no, out No, you want to get in an RV, mainly because she goes to the bathroom like every 40 minutes. So <laughs> better to have a bathroom with yeah, you than toilet to try on find a bathroom. Yeah, Yeah, of okay. course. Most women and, like toilets on wheels. Oh, and men, you know, when they get older and they're dealing with their prostate, they like those toilets on wheels too. But it's also their castle. I don't know if you've seen these things. There's a great show, the RV channel show, whatever that is. These suckers are like, yeah, mansions on wheels. They Well, you sell your home and you buy an RV. You do. There you go. And you that's your life or whatever. That's your mortgage is you're putting gas. And better in yet, mortgage. you can go places and play pickleball. I mean, well, for me, that's like a dream come true. Oh, and we can take oh, our show on the road. Because you're a pickaholic. <laughs> I'll take the show on the road. Well, yeah. that'd be fun. I would think that would be kind of interesting. I mean, we might have to get two separate RVs, but you know. Right. Well, because I would get a, a winnow banger. <laughs> and I would I would go for those I like the Mercedes ones those cute compact ones or tall right. That's yeah those are good little I could girly drive ones. that myself Those are good girly ones I like those. Yeah Yeah Oh Rather. glamping there's that too Ah yeah Well that's a whole nother show That is two other shows that <laughs> All right we're going to take one more short break come back hit the terms there's a theme to the terms this time but maybe well I think you'll understand We'll be right back We're back with Dr. Don and getting down with the pickleball with a little ditty from Tony. So getting to my little fun favorite part of the show. This one has a little theme as they all do. Are you ready, Mr. Miss and Don? <laughs> Sometimes she looks like a man, ladies and gentlemen. And oh, I, right. Just because you messed that one. Well, up. so here we go with our little pickleball turns. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Batter up. First one is flabjack. <laughs> oh, flapjack. Is that a- No, flab, as in if you were fat. No. Flabjack. What? Exactly. Who the hell came up with that? And well, why would they but use that, But word? it has a theme to it. Flab? So flab jack. Flabjack. Yeah, no one's going to ever know that one. No clue, and nope. nor am I ever going to use that term on the pickleball court. Right, you might. But the definition of flabjack is a midair pickleball shot that must bounce once before it can be hit during one of the first two shots of any point. After the third shot, no bounce is necessary and can volley. What they're saying is a midair pickleball shot that must bounce once before it can be hit during one of the first two shots of any point. A now, have, flabjack. Yes. So sometimes, no, you said it has to bounce. Yeah. Before I could hit it back. Well, on, on the serve. Yeah. So is that what this is? A midair pickleball shot that must bounce once before it can be hit during one of the first two shots. Yeah, one of, of the first point. two shots. Yes, so that's the correct. The return of a serve. Yes. Or return of the serve return. Yes, that is correct. But I didn't know it was called a slabjack. There you go. And in fact, I just had this conversation with someone on the pickleball court because I didn't realize or I just forgot that they were returning my serve to me. I didn't let it. No, I was returning the serve to them. <laughs> uh, okay, forget it. See, and I didn't ladies let it and gentlemen, bounce. this is what I'm talking about. Those Donisms, the, oh, she says one thing, it comes out another so way. So I guess what? I did, didn't do the flabjack. <laughs> Who the, I mean, were they sitting around drinking? Well, they must be. 
because you'll you'll see the the correlation here so, shortly. But flabjacking. Oh my right? god! Jacking now. Flabjacking. Flabjacking. Flab so that sounds even that, worse. That means flab, if you've been flabjacking, that means you didn't. Right. Write you it, didn't and, let and, it bounce. Right. In the rules of pickleball, you must let it hit. Right. Bounce. And also, you you're allowed. Because it says here on the return of that. So I serve you. It bounces. Yeah, that's where you hit I me messed back. up. I didn't realize it had to bounce. Yeah. And it then did. on the return. So yeah. you could be flab, jack, and whatever. Okay. But as it turns out, well, usually women, more men though. And the next little term <laughs> is called ground stroke. Ground stroke. Huh. Interesting. Get that, people? You get that flab, jack, and the ground stroke. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> This is why I say it's a perverted game. There's something just these and guys. And I'm a pickleholic and right. a sex therapist, so then hmm. it, it does work for you. But for people trying to learn this game and want to know the terms and rules, but again, I don't think on the serve that you've done before, because the other day when we were playing, you did serve it to me. It was a deep serve. And I just came up and hit it. You're like, no, no, you got to let it bounce. Yep. You didn't go say, flabjack, oh, flabjack, flabjack. <laughs> no, no. Right. Or no one said, do you ever hear that on the court? No. You never hear someone yelling three courts away, flabjack, yo. No, none of that happens, right? So these terms are, even though they're the in the book, in the pickleball you know, manual, no, no one's using these things. Okay, ground stroke. Here's the definition for it. Hitting the ball after one bounce compared to a volley, which is hit in midair. They really have a term for hitting the ball after one bounce. I guess they have to come up with terms for everything. Why? Who cares about a ground stroke? I guess they were well, ground stroking it, and yeah, they came up see, with it. that's what I'm saying. They were stroking. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be bounced out, bounced off, bounced in. But somewhere, we're going to call it a ground stroke. No, I'll tell you what. You're saying that's after one bounce. What about when there's no bounce? We call it flapjack. Oh, no. yeah, but that's, it, no, that's about, illegal. Like, you don't get a point for that one. No, but the, coming up with the name is all I'm thinking about. They're just lit. They're high. They're probably naked in a sauna <laughs> going, dude, that when I hit it on the ball, it's a ground stroke. Really? Because when I get home, it's a flapjack. I know you're in the sex therapy world. and that These terms, ladies and gentlemen, for real, for true, you can look these up. There's something in the perverse uh, sexual connotations. No one comes up with these things like that. I mean, they have grip. For your ground stroke while you're flabjacking. Well, There's- again, the sport is called pickleball. Oh, yeah, I get okay. it. Yeah. These people are nasty. All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's why these things are just funny. Yeah, you can't, you know, once again, nonfiction. <laughs> you can't. Can't make this up. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we do have for this episode of Getting Down with the Pickleball with Dr. Don Michael. Again, I'm Tony, trying to keep you guys abreast and throw a little fun into it while, you know, getting your pickleholic on or your flapjacking or <laughs> crown stroking or whatever else <laughs> you want to come up with, uh, you know, or your back swingers and, and your bangers and, and spinners. spinners. Mm-hmm. Just a key. And we going. haven't even gotten a quarter way through. No, no. That, okay. That was, More fun to come. I think so. Anyway, thanks for hanging with us. We'll catch you next time. Hope you have a lot of fun on the pickleball court. Stay pickaholic with Miss Pickler, and we'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs>